Happy New Year! I think it may still be valid to say Happy New Year with January being so young, even though there are many unhappy stuff going on in news around the world. The new year is here with us. Let's make the best of every opportunity. And so, it's yet another Wednesday. Last week we enjoyed some snow. This week the rains have continued. With strong winds and a glimmer of sunlight also came out today. Joe and I have spent some time watching the story of Eric Liddell's life and reading the biographies of Rosa Parks, Ellen G. White, and Susanna Wesley, among others. These are great historical figures with modern-day lessons for us. There's always something to learn from the lives of others. I'm also enjoying a new set of violin and piano pieces that I'm learning. And together with Joe, we are learning new old hymns. Hymns are divine poetry. I so cherish them. Learning somewhat never ends. Welcome to the sixth podcast where the mundane meets mastery. Coming to you from the northern hemisphere of the beautiful continent of Europe. I am your host, Beryl Aseno Nyamwange, passionate about justice as I celebrate my last semester of law school. Exciting. I'm looking forward to what God has in store for me. We have also tried some new plant-based recipes this week. Over the holiday season, we reached out with gifts to 22 families in our neighborhood. What a blessing. It's fantastic getting to know the families. Welcome again, Wednesday. It's the day I choose to talk about quitting. It's in the middle of the week when you're not rushed as a Monday would. Neither are you slowed down with eyes fixed on the weekend as a Friday would. I believe the content will leave you pondering and asking yourself needful questions for the rest of the week until we meet again. I believe I too will be asking myself the questions. Hey, come to the arena where the little things are the big things, where everyday living is the best life, where everyday has something worth highlighting, where boredom is taken to the boardroom of the mind and comes out bearing rich thoughts that build hearts' walls. We speak potential, inspiration, edification. Eat the pie, potential, inspiration, edification. Taste the sweet and savory in the world of words and growth. Here we are becoming. Proverbs 16.23 says, The sweetness of the lips increases learning. Today, our quoting is on praying love. Prayer. What does this word truly mean? All religions in the world pray to something or someone. We bow down or kneel to some power, some deity above us. What is prayer? Is it some abstract idea, some theoretical gimmick? Is it an illusion that some people believe in strongly? Is it the whispers of wishes and desires or the reality of a conversation that breeds results beyond the human? What is prayer to you? Is it head bowed, eyes closed, hands lifted up, silence, eloquence, a list of things you wish to have? Connecting with the divine? Finding the answers to your questions? What does prayer mean to you? What does prayer mean to me? Do you hear back from the one you're praying to? How do you know? Who is he? What is his name? What guarantee does he give that he has heard you? Is there an appropriate time for prayer? Do we pray because we are seeking something 
Or we pray because we are seeking someone first. Does that someone give the something we're looking for? You can be sure I will not be able to answer all these questions in this podcast, but I do hope they help you to think deeply about what prayer truly means to you. I hope they give you insight on certain aspects of prayer that are worthy of your consideration. Prayer is a journey for all of us. It is a journey I love to take every single day, a divine journey. Quitting is praying love. The most comfortable position I know is not upon the bed my weary self to rest, not by the vivid oceans my eyes to feast upon, not upon the moon by night my views to cast, not with loved ones by the warm fireplace, not upon the dinner table and its delicacies, but on bended knee. Let's find out more about bended knee. I will take you through three ways we cannot afford to pray. They are cheap ways, not meant for royalty. Children of the king like you and I. What are they? Number one, not feelings, but faith. Not frivolity, but fervency. Not fear, but going forward. Those are the three. Not feelings, but faith. Not frivolity, but fervency. Not fear, but going forward. I will expound a bit on each one of them. And also, there are three ways we can't afford to miss in prayer. Meant for growing characters like you and I. I will share on this too. But first, how not to pray. Is there such a thing as how not to pray? If there's a right way to do something, oftentimes there's also a wrong way. First of all, in order to pray right, consider this. Has a dear one ever promised you something of which they eventually delivered just as you had expected? You must have had some wonderful gifts delivered to you this past December from loved ones. If your dear one has kept his or her promise to you, I am certain that your trust in the person grew stronger. And more especially, if this dear one keeps their promises and delivers what you desire more than once. It is so with God. He is our creator. He made us in his image and likeness. He wants to communicate with us. He wants to hear us. He says, in Isaiah 1.18, come, let us reason together. Think about it. Are you put off by someone who wants to listen to you? Or you're eager to be with that someone so that you can share your story and be heard? As humans, we crave company. We're not created for solitary confinement. No wonder social distancing is so hard. We need faith in order to pray right. What is faith? Faith is belief. It is conviction. It is trust. Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Now hope signifies a future we believe in. Things not seen give us the expectation of seeing them. Faith is believing in both, that the future we long to see is soon made visible to us. So, in order to pray right, we need faith, the belief that what we hope for, we shall receive. The courage to believe that the one who has promised will deliver the best for our good. We need faith in order to talk to God. We have an invisible God, yet he remains invincible. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? 
Matthew 7:11. Quitting is praying love. It is not about feelings, but faith. Not feelings, but faith. Feelings have their place. But faith must take the first place and the right place. You're wondering how to give faith first place when it sounds abstract to you. Well, faith is as tangible as the promises in the word of God. Just open and read them. Each promise is for you to claim and receive. I think sometimes we ask too little. Don't you think so? Or maybe we quit too early or doubt too strongly. Therefore, number one, pray with faith, not feelings. Secondly, there are things worth praying for and others not worth praying for. Is that so? Well, all things that pertain to life and godliness are worth bringing to the Lord. He cares about the tiniest of our sets of keys as much as he cares about the functioning of our kidneys. So we can pray about everything. Our attitude in prayer speaks volumes regarding our attitude toward the God we pray to. But there is an arena called frivolity that we do not wish to enter. Frivolity means lack of seriousness, taking serious things very lightly. It is flippancy, superficiality, shallowness, giddiness, foolishness. Now, I don't want any of these words to describe my prayer life as I wait on God. But how often we enter into the region of frivolity? How? You ask me. Yes, when we come to God as our last resort. When we consider God as an option, not as the answer. When we say, let's get practical. When the most practical thing to do in that situation is pray. When we approach him with nothing but pressing on him our needs instead of praising him for his goodness at least. Frivolity, when we consider his timing too late for our liking, when we go to him as though he were a shopping mall and forget that he made the world and couldn't rest until he made us. Frivolity, we approach him only during emergencies. We bang on his door when we are bleeding. We care less about the blood he shed for us on that old tree. Frivolity, when things go well, we forget him and move on as if he did not exist. When we keep silent about something good he has done for us, attributing it to luck, calling blessings coincidences. Frivolity. When we shy away from telling others what we have experienced in the school of prayer, afraid that we may lose friendships in the classroom of life. Shallowness. Frivolity. Taking God lightly. In fact, taking him so lightly because our eyes cannot see him, yet he sees us. All these kinds of frivolity must not characterize our prayer life. Then what should? Instead of frivolity, let us welcome fervency. In fervency, the throne room of God is where we are found. His presence is a delight to our souls, whether our desire is met or not yet fulfilled. Fervency knocks on the door with knuckles of hope, for it knows who is on the other side and that the hinges will turn in our favor however long it takes. Favency says, I will not let you go until you bless me. I know my father. Favency is not manipulation. It is just that you know your father's voice so much so that when he speaks, you believe every word. And when you speak, you pour out your whole heart to him, nothing hidden, all out. Favency in prayer does not wait for emergencies. 
The God on call can be approached at any time. In good and bad times, fervency remains persistent. It remains trusting. It believes that God has heard you. Fervency waits with zeal, knowing that the Father has lodged the request and the petition has been heard, and there is a perfect time for deliverance. What are you praying for? How fervent is your petition? If we have passion for what we really desire, he takes notice. He says in Psalm 37 verse 4, Delight yourself in me, and I will give you the desires of your heart. In your quaiting, avoid the frivolous, pick up fervency, and keep on. Therefore, number two is pray with fervency, not frivolity. One more way not to pray. Fear incapacitates. Fear holds back. Fear coils. Fear doubts. Fear slows you down. Fear is the path of the death of dreams. We cannot afford to pray with fear. It simply means that maybe we have forgotten who we are praying to. That we have given our problems a grander view and put God in a frame. You're probably asking him for something right now. And you're afraid of the outcome. But he says, perfect love casts out fear. First John 4, 18. If you truly love him, you will have reverence for him and his sovereignty, not the fear that leads you to doubt the answers he gives. How then should we pray? Pray going forward. This means with expectation, with hope, with trust that he has heard you. Pray going forward. It means your attitude is already one of thanksgiving. You trust him enough to believe that he has nothing but the best of answers for you. One of my favorite authors, Auntie Ellen, puts it this way. We need to look for no outward evidence of the blessing. The gift is in the promise. And we may go about our work assured that God has promised he's able to perform. And that the gift, which we already possess, will be realized when we need it most. This is knowing the Father's heart. No signs required. Let us press our petitions then going forward, not falling into the trap of fear. Dear friend, I don't know what you're asking the Lord for in your quitting journey, but I can tell you what not to do. Do not depend on your feelings. Depend on faith instead. Do not be frivolous. Seek fervency instead. Do not be afraid. Do not fear. Go forward instead. I will share one of my poems with you. Before I share with you the last three points on how to pray, now that we have covered three points on how not to pray, here goes the poem. When I am on my knees and my eyes firmly closed, though the big picture I cannot see, yet in my sweet little closet, I know my Savior's opened his ears. When I am on my knees and my thoughts by him are captured, though his next agenda I cannot predict, Yet by holy vision and faith I see, I know how good and pleasant he thinks toward me. When I am on my knees, and in patience my desire to wait, though circumstances may hush the voice of cheer, yet at the right moment he opens the floodgate, I am overjoyed by his providence and benevolence. When I am on my knees, and the sound of battle rages upon my heart, though the weapons remain invisible, Yet the mighty hand of my warrior enemies attack, and in peace he says to me, my child, be still. 
when I am on my knees, and the humane fears in my soul linger. Though evidences insurmountable seem, yet the evidence is only in Jesus my Savior. No other evidence do I need. He is enough. Jesus, tug my heart back home to the eternal fold. Tether me like a sheep, with the shepherd dare not lose. Guard me safe with hedges firm, my soul to surround. I know you can do anything, my soul to safely keep. Quaiting is praying love. Lastly, pray with his promises. His promises are sure. They are all yes in Christ Jesus, Second Corinthians 1.20. Open your Bible before you, and as you pray, point to the promises. They are his guarantee that he will deliver. They are yours. Embrace them. Take them. Use them. Apply them. Pray them. Believe them. Have them. Pray with perseverance. Don't give up too fast. Don't hang in too loose. Don't walk away too unpredictably. Don't doubt too strongly. Stay. Stay until you hear him. He speaks. He wants you to know his voice. He wants you to not only get acquainted with him, but that you become friends. He wants to go beyond friendship to intimacy. This calls for perseverance on my part and on your part. Not hanging up, but hanging on to him, grasping his arm, staying close through pain, through joy, through it all. Quaiting is praying love. It waits patiently for the answer to come. We often give up too quickly when we let our own will stand in the way of his perfect will. Surrender your all. Lastly, pray with purpose. Why are you seeking what you are seeking for from him? How will it benefit God's global agenda? Of what use is it for you? How will it positively influence your world, your sphere of influence, in your home, in your church, in your mosque, in your temple, in the community? This calls for an assessment of our motives. If it will not bring glory to God, then do not desire it. If it will be of benefit to God's kingdom, to society, and to you, then desire it with all your heart. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Matthew 6.33 Dear friend, faith, not feelings. Fervency, not frivolity. Going forward, not with fear. And to that... Add his promises, persevere, and stay purposeful. Add his promises, persevere, stay purposeful. You will know what a wonderful father you got. My father carries my prayers all day long. In the process of answers, he places in my heart a song. I am content to journey onwards to my paradise of promises in his word. Find that beautiful treasure of his word. Open it. See the treasure trove, the beautiful promises in his word. Remember, you are royalty. Pray like one, think like one, talk like one, never give up. Be a soldier brave on the battlefield of prayer. He will warn you when to retreat in his army. He will tell you when to take cover. He will advise you on when to resharpen your weapons 
For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4. Quaiting is praying love. A mundane life will pray with frivolity, with fear. But, but, but a life of mastery will pray with faith, will pray with courage, seeking the Lord. And this life is blessed. Quitting is praying love. Until next Wednesday, goodbye.